Hey guys, before we get to the show, go ahead and click subscribe. This way, when you're subscribed to this podcast, every time we have a new episode come out, you'll get notified right away and you'll be listening to a bunch of money-making, game-changing information to grow your business. So go ahead, click subscribe and enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. I'm not here with Vince Gabriel today. Today we have a special guest. His name is Kyle Newell. Uh, Kyle is the owner of Newell Strength. It is a, uh, a strength and conditioning and fitness facility in New Jersey, not far from Gabriel Fitness, probably about 30 or 40 minutes down the road. Um, Kyle is actually the longest tenured member of Vince's mastermind group. I believe he started as a private coaching client and then, and then parlayed that into what is now what is now the SPF Mastermind, which has over 50 members. But Kyle is the founding member of the, uh, of the Mastermind. Um, I think the main, the main reason why I wanted to bring Kyle on was just because if, if, on, if we looked on paper, Newell Strength looks very similar to Gabriel Fitness. You guys train athletes, they train adults. Um, if you walk in the facility, it looks the same. So to an outside person, you'd think we almost run our businesses the same. But, but Kyle and Vince are very different people. The way Kyle runs his business is very different even though he takes all the same principles that we practice here from a hiring standpoint, from a marketing, from the sales, all that stuff. But Kyle just does everything a little bit different. It's really cool to kind of see how he takes a lot of these principles and, and puts his own twist on it and does it his own way. So, so Kyle, welcome to the podcast, man. How you doing? You're great, man. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. Um, before we get it, let's just introduce yourself, Kyle. Uh, talk about yourself. Talk about Newell Strength. So I live out in uh, Hillsborough. Uh, oh, that's like, it's like 40 minutes, right? About 40 yeah. minutes. Outside. Yeah, it's about 40 minutes. So actually where we live now, it's Western Hillsborough. And uh, it's the cool thing about it is, you know, we had the second location out in Flemington. So we live literally halfway between both locations, 13 minute drive to each one. So that's oh, pretty well. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we live out here. We're about to have our third child in a couple of weeks. We got two boys, two dogs, going to have a third baby. We don't know what gender yet. And Congratulations, man. Thank you. Thank you. So you know, when I came out of uh, college in 2003, I worked with JB, Jay Butler at Rutgers Strength and Conditioning. And, um, you know, that's what I thought I wanted to do was work at that, in that realm with the college athletes. But right after that summer, I said, you know what, let me go back and get my, my teaching certification. So I got that for health and phys ed. It took me a couple years. And uh, in that process, I started running the high school weight room over in Bridgewater. And throughout that time, um, I started the business, which I was doing uh, kind of out of the car at first. You know, I was, I was doing it on my car, bring equipment to people's homes. I, you know, I, I, I put an ad in the teachers. The teachers, we used to get a, like an email chain with different ads and different services that certain teachers would uh, provide. So I did that. That was 2006. And just kept growing the business. In 2011, fast forward to that, right before I got married to Devin, we opened the first facility. And there were multiple times within that period before you that. Went, sorry, you went, you went six years of training without a facility. Correct. Wow. Okay. Sorry. So no, I, I actually, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So the way it started was I would train people at the gym I trained at. I didn't work for them, but I would pay the owner at whatever it was, 10, 20 bucks for every client I brought in and I would train them, but they weren't his, you know, they were my clients. 
And some people I would go to their house and I had a couple of dumbbells. I had bands and med bowls, you know, training in their garage, whatever. Uh, and then in 2008, my parents let me build something in their basement. It was a uh, 200 square foot. We called it the pit. It was pretty cool. Uh, 200 square foot training room. And within a year, I expanded that to another part of it. I took over their basement, basically. I expanded that another 400 square feet. So I had 600 square feet in the basement. And clients would go over to my parents' house, ring the doorbell, take them down. So I was doing that and then uh, did it all the way to 2011. That was when I opened the facility. Awesome. You know, yeah. And you, were, and you were teaching full-time this entire time? Correct. Yeah, and it was just... So talk, talk, talk about that a little bit. So you, the facility was open and you were still teaching full-time, so you kind of had two full-time jobs? Yes. Yeah, and that was... Uh, what, what was that like? <laughs> well, I almost, I almost gave up a few times because I was getting so fried. You almost closed the business, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, multiple times, probably two, you know, two serious times because I would um, basically train people before school, you know, so 5.30, let's say, 5.30 a.m. Then I would go to school, teach all day, and then uh, whether it was my parents' basement or the facility, once we opened that, I would go right back to that and train, starting at 3.30, 4 o'clock. So I'd get out at 3, I'd leave a little, you know, my principal was cool, he'd let me kind of leave before the other teachers left drive back i used to be so tired because i you know get there and then i would train people till nine at night and what, then, age, what age kids were you teaching uh k to four so this wasn't like roll the balls out let them play dodgeball like you were you were hands-on exactly. coaching all day or teach i'm sorry teaching coaching all day yeah and it was nice because of the, the the teaching at that level kind of helped me really develop as a coach because i had to explain this stuff on a very simplistic level and then i would use that with the clients that's like, awesome body and the mind and all that but uh yeah wow so so 2011 you opened the first facility at what at what point did you did you stop teaching so it was 2011 um 2012 the next year uh i had in that spring so we had already moved the location once because we outgrew it so we moved down the street and in april of that year uh, of 2012 i had a really bad case of pneumonia like terribly bad case and that i never had anything like that and i was like you know i, I didn't really value rest i always believed at that point that you know you got to work harder you got to sleep less bought into all that stupid stuff so anyway i get over to pneumonia and a week later uh, playing in a men's league and i rupture my left patella tendon really bad injury and that was when me and Devin were like all right my body's telling me you, you can't keep doing this schedule you know because i didn't really have any help at the, you know, it was just me. And I went out to a mastermind, not a fitness mastermind, in the fall of 2012, in October. And some lady, it was just a, a guy I met at a Dan Kennedy conference, he was a lawyer, said, come out to my mastermind. So there was like 15 entrepreneurs and some lady came up to me on a break and she said, you gotta stop teaching. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, it's holding you back. I, you got so much more to offer, but the teaching from what you're, I can pick up on that is just slowing you down. So Devin picked me up at the airport that weekend, and I said, "I said, you know, this lady told me this." And Devin said, "I agree." So, real, you know, I hand in the letter of resignation within that week, and it was the hardest decision I ever made. And I, I, we knew I was going to stop teaching, but it was—I loved the kids. I, I had a great relationship with the principal. It was just—it it was very, very difficult. It came to tears over it a lot of times. So I hand the letter in. So I have sixty days to go. So anyway, I hand it in. It's right before Halloween. Then I came out to Vince's first mentorship that week, that weekend. Like, so I that handed was the, that was the first one ever, right? The first one he ever ran. 
first one ever. So I hand wow. in the letter. And so I have all this going on. I go to Vince's, uh, you know, mentorship at you guys' gym, the, the old gym. And that was that Sunday when Sandy came in. That's right. Her, for, everyone, for everyone listening out there, Hurricane Sandy hit the yeah. Sunday of the first ever mastermind. I remember everybody's like, oh, it's going to be a bad storm. And it turned out to be like the storm of the century. Crazy, man. So around, for everyone around here, if, if you live in the East Coast, you know, for, for anybody out there, it was, uh, it was debilitating. It was, it was terrible. I mean, we were, uh, the school, you know, I was still teaching. I had to go 60 days. So I was going up to the Christmas time. And it, it, we were off the whole next week. I mean, everything was without power. But I remember I had applied to coach with Vince after the mentorship. And anyhow, so the letter, so on the school side, I have the letter handed in. I go into the gym that Monday. Again, school's closed. So let me go see, make sure everything is okay. The roof had literally rolled off the gym. It was the only building in that complex where the roof came off from the store. Of your, of your facility. Of the facility. So that one, I'm like, oh, my God, I handed my letter of resignation. I'm like, the gym is destroyed. So I had to go through insurance. We had to actually move locations. Um, it was crazy, though, because I was like, this is really a test. You know, I couldn't go back. I already handed the letter in. But I remember the first call with Vince. I'm like, well, you know, the gym got kind of destroyed in the storm. And um, so it, that that led to um, me moving into a unit that was uh, double the size as I was heading into the new year and without my teaching job. So, yeah. I, you know, they were showing me different units. They put me in a temporary unit. And then uh, I'm looking at different units, trying to find a good one. And they showed me a 3,000 square foot one. I brought my father-in-law. I call him uh, Big Dave. He's not really big, but I call him Big Dave. And I was hoping he was going to kind of say, no, no, play it safe. Yeah. Well, he goes, this is what you wanted, man. He said, go big or go home. So I was like, all right, I get you. So I did it. And, uh, you know, it all worked out. But it was pretty crazy timing. That's a crazy start. That's a crazy start to a business, man. So like, like I said before in the opening, kind of the, the main reason I want to have you on is it, it, your principles that you follow are, are very similar to, to what we have here at Gabriel Fitness. And a lot of the guys in the mastermind use from a hiring, from a marketing, but, but you have a different spin on everything, man. You're like a, a unique style of the way you do it. So just starting off from that point, what was the kind of the first step you took to kind of building your team? Where, where was the first kind of first part of your work that you offloaded in order to grow that business? Back then, when I moved into the new spot. Well, yeah, so, so, so now you're in this new facility. You're not teaching anymore. So now it's just you and this building with no roof. Yeah. What, what, what did, did you trade? Were you by yourself for a certain period of time? I had um, Gabe. Gabe Lincoln was my first intern. Okay. So Gabe and then Drew, who now opened a place down. And he's been to your guys' mentorship. He's got a place down in New Orleans now. But they were working part-time. Um, very, you know, very limited hours. But so when we go into the new facility right after I resigned, so heading into 2013, the calendar year, they both, Drew says, hey, uh, Kyle, you know, I have an opportunity to go down to New Orleans with my fiance. I'm going to do it. So I go, you know, it's awesome. Gabe took a job with the San Diego Padres farm system as a strength coach. So these guys are both leaving. Now, again, it's just me. It's, this always happens. Uh, the timing always happens. So I believe there's, there's a higher force at work but some kid emails me out of the blue hey I'm, you know my sister told me about your place I'm looking to switch careers and uh can we meet and it was that timing right Gabe and Drew were leaving this guy Chris comes in and I hired him you know, wow. so me and him and he was able to offset some of the loads so I didn't have to be there every waking hour so it wasn't me looking for somebody at that point it was just it came, it came to you 
So, so Kyle, dive into that because I know here at GFP, we've never hired a part-time trainer. All Everybody we've always had has been full-time. Um, but you've had a lot of success. Again, something that's very different than what we do. You've had a lot of success, I know, with part-time trainers. Yeah. And a majority of your staff. How many, how many people do you have on your staff right now? Coaches. Coaches. In total, how many people are kind of under that new strength? We got about 15. So you have 15 employees. But a lot of that has been built, even the full-time most of your full-time people started as part-time, right? So, so talk about kind of methodology in, the, in, in hiring and bringing on part-time. That's a question we get a lot. Should I hire part-time? Should I hire full-time? I don't have the budget right now for help, but, but you, you made it work with these part-time people. So di- can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, so like you said, almost everybody started as uh, – most of my people, a lot of my people started as clients, and they had a passion for the fitness industry. And when, when, it decide, when the timing was right um, – so Dana, who's still with us, you know Dana, she, uh, the kid I just told you about, Chris, when I fired him, so we could talk about that in a little bit, because Vince helped me a lot with that. When I let him go, Dana reached out and said, hey, I really want to do this. Yeah, I want to be a coach. So my point with that is the, all these part-timers that started with me, they didn't, they knew the capacity that the business had. I said, look, I can't hire you full-time. I can give you, let's say, 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week. And, and I would just kind of paint the vision, right? I wasn't very organized as far as the systems at that point or anything, but it was really, it was very rudimentary at that point with the onboarding. It was like, you're going to coach with me and I'm going to teach you on the fly. So it was not what I recommended, but it worked. You know, it worked. And because the main thing I looked at was the, the, the culture and the person. That was the only thing I really cared about when I was hiring these people was I'll teach them the training stuff or did, did they fit the, the culture, the mindset and, and are they good people? So. Dana, Johnny, who we still have. So we've had a, a, a bunch of part-time uh, police officers that work for us. And it's kind of, it worked for their schedule. Um, and a couple of them are going to be retiring within the next couple of years from the police force as we continue to expand. And we already know they're great fits. You know, they're very mature. So the part-timers, uh, they still come to the team meetings. You know, they still buy into the core values. And again, it's really, uh, most of these people did not have a training background when they came to me at all. I don't think any of them. Be honest. I guess that's a fear that a lot of business owners have when you're talking about part-time trainers is, is buying into that culture. And it's like, here you are spending 80 hours a week working in your business, working on your business. And then you have these people that are kind of coming and going, punching the clock. How, how do you maintain, like, what are some things that you do to maintain that culture? Does it start with just hiring the right people? And yeah. then, from, but from there, how do you have someone that has another full-time job? How do you know how they, the commitment part is, I think, is what people struggle with the most. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, it, it, like you said, it's got to be the right person, right type of person that, that kind of doesn't have to be the same as me, but they got to be good, good at heart and they, they got to have our core values, right? But then once we um, establish that, They'll do like you guys do, like the, they've got to check in every week on the Facebook group. They got to uh, try to attend the training meetings at Microns. They got to be at the team meetings. They come to, we have team events, like uh, in August, we'll do a team pool party. And so we really try to build that bond. So uh, like in a lot of the coaches work out together. So uh, they're, they, they just buy into the philosophy and they're, they're, they really want to help people. Right. And, and again, you get you get some people that I don't want to say they're bad apples, but you do get some people that you can tell they're just kind of in it. They're not going to be long term fits. That happens sometimes. But it's really um, me having personal conversations with them, too. So certain people, you know, even like my Mike and Dana, right, those type of people, the full time, I'm constantly 
painting the vision for them of what, where, where we're going. Because even them, right, they're, they're the highest up on the, the rung, but it could be a grind in this industry, right? If, if you're just coaching 30 hours a week, doing 10 hours of managerial. So I constantly paint the vision. Hey, guys, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is what's in it. You know, this is where we're going. And you just got to constantly do that. You think you tell them enough and you don't. You just got to constantly do that. So, so talk about those bad apples. You said before that, that Vince had that. One of the first big things that he did for you was help you fire somebody. Yeah. Which, which kind of sounds crazy, but here's someone who, who was there from the start with you. How, did, how, does, how do you go about that? Because, again, another thing that a lot of people struggle with is this person's busting their ass for me, but it's not the right fit. How do you go about letting somebody go? Yeah, so it was – and I always tell people, right, nobody likes confrontation. I don't care who you are. Nobody, it's not a comfortable thing. And this, this kid started to uh, – he wanted to take on a new role. Again, it was just me and him at this point. He wanted to be like a, a manager. And he, he sent me a crazy – request he's like yeah i want to do this amount of managerial work per week and he had some good ideas but he's like i'm requesting a sixty-five thousand dollars salary you know at this time and i'm yeah i wasn't even paying myself yet and i want half of that in cash and me and vince were, were like is, uh, you know we were kind of kicking it back and forth and i gave him like i said all right let's start you with a couple weeks of the managerial stuff let's see how that goes and i was just had that gut feeling you know when i would drive up to the gym and i'd see his car and it was yeah. giving me a bad feeling i'm like this he's got to go so uh, Vince said, listen, here's what you do. You got to go in uh, and you just got to hit him right in the mouth. Not, not literally, but so I said, hey, we got to meet. Let's go over everything. So we sit down. Boom. Hey, Chris, you're not a good fit, man. And then we would talk about it because a lot of people, I think, get in those sit and they start small talk and then there's, they can't get their way back to it. So now every time I've had to let somebody go, it's come in, let's talk. You're not a good fit. We're going to part ways. Let's talk about it. So Vince helped me with that. And I always think of that analogy. Like hit him right in the face right away. You know, go across the ring, hit him in the face, and then, then you can talk about why. Right. That's, 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 a tough, that's a tough situation. And as far as maintaining the culture in the gym, your clients, your clients get it. When you let somebody go, and now that, here's someone who's been working with all your clients, who's been in kind of almost the other face in your organization. How do, how do you go about dealing with the clients? Does everybody get it? Was there any pushback from clients? No pushback, you know, and it's funny, as, as we've grown with the staff, the staff sometimes will get nervous maybe that, hey, what are we going to say to the, you know, say, Right, that's, that's a huge fear, I think. When you let somebody go, it's like the clients are going to be pissed. People are going to leave. They're going to take clients with them. Yeah. That's definitely stuff that was going through your head. So how, how do you, you kind of confront that? With, with the clients, you know, when it comes up in that initial week or two, because after that, nobody really mentioned it. And just, look, it wasn't a good fit. You know, he was a good person. And all the people I've had to let go, they were good people. Like, it wasn't like they were, they were you know, uh, arrogant or – and the, so the clients liked them. But it's, look, it, it wasn't a good fit for what I'm trying to do, where I'm taking us. And, you know, so I, I just kind of leave it vague at that, but it wasn't a good fit because it's honest, right? I'm not, I'm not lying to them. Um, but all the people were good. You know, they were good people, people that either I was trying to help, they were clients, you know, I want to give everybody a shot, you know, in some capacity. If they said, hey, I really want to try this, all right, let's do an internship or whatever. But uh, we had a guy last year, um, he, he, was, he was a recovering addict. He was very honest with me up front. I knew this and I gave him a chance. And he's anything you want to tell me? I knew because my best friend had arrested him prior. And he told me the truth right off the bat. I said, look, I said, if you had lied to me right off the bat, you were, this, this wasn't happening. But he told me, but then he started coming in, uh, using again. You know, so that was another one where it was like, and I really wanted to help this guy. But it was, um, you know, he came in for a shift one day, said, get in the office. You're done here, man. I said, I told you I would help you, but you can't, 
you're disrespecting the clients and blah, blah, blah. So you get, it's heartbreaking sometimes because you do want to help these people, but it's like any relationship. You let it go on too long. It doesn't help either side. That's tough. That's tough. You, you said something before you said, you know, you didn't have any systems when you first started, you were doing all this work and you were hiring somebody that you didn't have any systems in your business. And anybody that's listened to the Vince coach, and I'm sure the first, within the first half an hour of coaching, you probably said the word systems 20, 20 times. So, so dive into how you started. What, where did you start when you started building systems? Because I think sometimes it can be intimidating. You start looking at your business and you start looking at these, these very mature business. Like right now, you have a very mature business, right? And if you looked on paper, you have systems across the board, mm-hmm. right, for everything. Now, yeah. where, where did you start implementing systems from the start? What was the, what, where was the, the kickoff for that? It wasn't really me, to be honest. It was, um, you know, like I said, the onboarding initially with the, with the staff was kind of do as I do. Uh, let's meet here and I would explain as things came up. Uh, but I'm not, I have my own systems, how I run my day. But then uh, Peaches, who you've met, uh, she's very systems oriented. So she's our director of operations. Mike, our head trainer, is very uh, analytical. So they've been a big help in developing the system. So, hey, Kyle, how do we – I could t- explain it to them, but that's the struggle I always had was I'm a doer, right? Fast action, uh, a lot of speed, uh, and sometimes that causes me not to communicate the way I should, but it's not intentional. It's just, you know, you got to get – that's the way my mind works. Right. So somebody in, if an admin or somebody that could just kind of sit you down once a week, hey – you know, how, what are we trying to do here? How can I explain this to the staff? So you got to, my boys, you got to, you got to have other people that can do that. That's a strength. That's not a strength of mine at all. It's slowing down to develop that stuff. So now, now is that something you look, when you were hiring them, was that something? Cause I think a lot of times, a lot of the, the entrepreneurs that we talk to, they're like, they're looking for a, a duplicate of themselves. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they think I, if I'm going to step out of the business, I need to have me in the building. That's the only way it's going to happen. Now you're saying you're, you went and found people that were different than you. Yeah, so they, they all had that the, the good good heart, but then um, you know Vince through Vince's uh, got into we uh, we haven't done it lately, but he would always have recommend that I have them do their Myers Briggs or whatnot. Uh, talk talk about talk about that a little bit. So what's so what, get into the Myers Briggs and why why that kind of stuff is important. It's very important because it gives you to is I don't remember how many questions it is, but it's personality test and, and you could kind of re- and it's very accurate, but you kind of. Uh, can see, okay, is this person the same as me? Are they the opposite of me? Are they, where are they strong, right? And then you want to surround yourself with people that have strengths that you don't have. I don't need another person like me that want to work, right? Um, so like one of our, our main admins, she is the exact opposite of me, um, which is good, you know, because she's very, like, very, very cut and dry, very organized, very... You know, so you got you to gotta surround yourself with, like, any team, right? Like, if you're putting together a basketball team, you can't have five centers. You're not going to get the ball up the court, you know? So it's the same type of thing. So that's why I always go back. Did it fit the culture? Okay, good. Now, what's their strength? How can we use that? That's awesome, man. Uh, so so let's, let's keep rolling. So, you've, you, so now we're at, the business is rolling a little bit. You've hired some people. You're not teaching anymore. Uh, you, you started transitioning yourself off the floor. So now you're not training as many hours per week, right? Because I'm sure at one point you were training almost every session, basically, right? Right. Yeah. So, so, so the two things that I kind of want to dive into, um, one is how did, how, how did you deal with that as far as were there any clients? Again, another fear that people have is the clients are, are going to be pissed or, or, or be weird because you're not there as much. 
And then the other half is what the hell are you doing now with your time? Where did you start focusing your time? So the, the, the first part of that, uh, initially when I wasn't there as much, and I was still there, I don't know, 20, 30 hours a week coaching, but it wasn't what the clients were used to. Some of the old timers, they would uh, get upset. Hey, I'm paying for you. Uh, you know, I'm bringing my kid here because of you. And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm trying to grow the business. So I always had a very strong uh, vision of what, the, you know, uh, what Vince had taught me and studying guys like Dan Kennedy, what it meant to be a business owner. I, and I always believe it's a big difference if you're self-employed and you, you own the spot or you're a business owner. So I always had that. And I had no problem telling people, look, I'm trying to grow this. And I know uh, that like the coaches, for example, if they can do it 80%, of what my what I think I can do, that's fine. That, that's what I expect. I don't expect them to be me. I don't expect them to have the same personality as me. And, um, you know, you get into coaching because you have a, a – like I believe I have a real gift for just looking at the human body and, you know, and I think part of that was the teaching background for all those years. And But my point with that is uh, now it never even comes up. Like it, very rarely does it come up that, hey, where's Kyle – I don't even, to be honest with you, between the both locations, I haven't, I don't, I haven't met all the clients face to face, which is cool because I'll go in like, for example, workout this morning. I probably saw six, seven people. I had no idea who they were and their clients, which is, I mean, do, do, do they know who you are? But they know you. Well, I am. And that's, so the, uh, the, the main thing that was important to me as I pulled out of being there all the time was, was the stuff like the emails and the content in our private Facebook group. I'm always in front of them. I'm not physically, but I'm always in front of them, either through the podcast, through the videos, through the daily emails. So they're constantly getting my message that I believe in. So a lot of them feel that they know me. And I put a lot of stories into the stuff about my family, about my flaws and all that. So they really kind of bond with me, even though they might not have met me before. You know, so so that that's super important as you pull out is you got to be there. So you're, so you're relationship building from a distance, which is not 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 an easy thing to do. No. Right. Yeah, but that's 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 awesome, man. Yeah. Okay. So, so what about so what about the other half? So now you're here and, and you got so right now, Newell Strength has you have two different locations. Two different locations. Two locations, right? And you have 15 employees running the show. Are you training at all anymore right now? I uh, very rarely. I trained Sunday morning. I had to fill in because uh, Mike's flight got delayed coming back from vacation. Um, but th with that, and Devin always is on me about uh, a lot of the clients get excited when I the times I do do that. And I, you know, so I met with Mike and I'm going to try to start doing like a five hour block at each location once a week after the baby comes like in September, just to keep my finger on the pulse, but very little coaching. Okay. Very little coaching. So, uh, in come August when the new baby is here at the end of this month, I will not, uh, really be in the gym at all for that month, which is going to be interesting because most of my work, I do the marketing, um, Still do. Uh, I've pretty much trained one of our guys, our new guys, to do the initial consults. So we're good there. And then uh, the closing sales, me and Devin still kind of do a, a majority of them. So we'll figure out how to get in there here and there throughout the month as they come up. But uh, a lot of my stuff is the content and the marketing, which I can do from home. Okay. Now, now, why do you feel so? So a lot of the fitness industry right now is kind of filled with people that are going to tell you they're going to do they're going to do your marketing for you. Right. If you, like I'm on Facebook, I don't even own a business and I still get targeted with like every guy in the world, every company telling me, listen, you don't have to do the marketing. You're wasting your time. Why do you feel that's so important that you st you're still doing that? Why is that something that you're still doing, even though you have this mature business? I've I've passed it off a few times. 
Oh, so you have tried? You have tried to not do it? I've tried, yeah. And um, they—it's just like anything, right? They—they're, you know, they're not going to treat it the same as if it's theirs. And the, the marketing to me is, is no matter what business you're in, I think that's the most important thing. And it's something right up there with training. I've studied just as much as training throughout the years, and I actually like it. Like I like the, the psychology piece and I, I like writing and I like, uh, so I do enjoy that part. I don't think I'm gonna do it forever, but when I do outsource it, it's gonna be in source. It's gonna be like Mike, my head trainer. It's gonna be somebody that knows, because you could say, hey, I want this ad. And then sometimes you're, and my staff would say, you didn't write that ad. So now I'm like, this, the guy doesn't get it. Like what we, you know, it's a different energy. Um, so it, it's tough. It, it's. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to be able to try to outsource it, you know, financially, but um, then it was kind of leaving me with like, almost like, well, now what am I supposed to do type of thing too, you know? Right. So, so in the beginning, is that, is that where you spent, so as you step off the floor, that's where you're still spending the majority of your time is kind of still being the face of the organization from a distance? Yeah. Is that where you, that where you were, you were putting most of your time? Because I think that's the struggle of like, I don't know what the hell to do with myself as I'm coming off the floor. Yeah, it, it was that. It was still doing a lot of the initial consultations. You know, so I would do, uh, like last year, I was doing a majority of them, or not all of them, but majority. And um, yeah, it was kind of just figuring out what the, what do you do now? I remember having that conversation with Vince, I think last summer, uh, before the second location opened, there was times I'm like, you know, I wasn't coaching at all. And I had somebody doing the marketing then. So I was like, what am I doing? You know, what am I supposed to do? Right. And here's the thing. I think one of the reasons we got, we, 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 I don't know if we, we, well, we met, for those who listen, we, me and Kyle played high school basketball against each other in 1999. We won't talk about that, but, <laughs> but we have not, but, um, but, uh, the, the, you, you were a guy who had a very, a very young business. You were still teaching full time and you're investing a lot of money in going out and educating yourself. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think that, and that's something you've always done and you've kind of never stopped doing. You're still, you're still constantly learning that con- that kind of learner's mentality. But in the beginning, how did you look at those big chunks of money coming out of your bank account to be, you've been in a mastermind group of some type well, obviously Vince's, but other ones as well, since you've, yeah. since you've gotten into this. So, so why is that mastermind? Why is that learning so important to you? Why do, why do you think that's. It's uh, I, I don't, I don't believe that with the brain, it's it stays neutral. Just like the body. I believe it's either growing or, or it's, at, you know, dying. Basically it's getting weaker. And to me, I always said, look, I'm not the smartest. I'm not the you know most talented, but I, I'm always uh, view myself as like just a constant sponge and a learner. And that gives me in my mind a huge advantage, you know, a huge advantage where it's, I know other people are not doing that. Not that it's a comparison, but um, it, it, it's, it's just, a, it's, that's one of our core values is a slight edge. You always have to be learning. That's really what I believe. And that's what I found as part of the business on. So, I look at it, I reframe it, it's not an expense, it's an investment. I mean, I've got books, I'll never be able to finish my book collection before I die, probably, but it's, it's, it's just that mentality. And, you know, guys like you and Vince, I was telling somebody this the other day, it's, you know, a lot of times you might have a coach in your life, like a business coach or whatever, and you know when you outgrow it, because part of you, you can see when they're not growing. And then, it, you know, and but you guys are constantly learning, which keeps me plugged into you guys because that's attractive to me where it's like, all right, it's not like, okay, we're here. Now we know it all. We're stopping. And, you know, so it's, 
I think it's a very powerful force when you're a constant learner. Right. And, and the power that just talk a little bit about the power of the mastermind. Cause like, if you look at the mastermind group, like I said, we have over 50 guys in the group right now, all different. And, and your business is one of the more successful and most mature businesses in the group. Now, do you still find yourself learning from the, when you talk to a guy who's just starting out or was kind of in your, where you were eight, nine years ago, is that something you still find value in is being okay. around those? hundred percent. Like we had our call the other day, right? Where we taught, you know, guest lectures, uh, get a bunch of notes from that. And a lot of times it's it just the, the power of the mastermind is they have different ways of looking at stuff. Everybody doesn't matter the maturity of the business. Right. And then sometimes it's stuff you forgot. You just get away from the basics. I remember Vince right. did the calls a couple of weeks ago and it was a lot of basics, but I came out again with the whole thing of notes. I'm like, man, I gotta get back to the basics. You know, I gotta get back to you. It's so easy to get so caught up in like Facebook marketing and all this stuff. Um, so it's just that constant refresher. And then the sharing, I, 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 with the mastermind, we all get to teach each other. Right. And that, to me, that's the greatest way to learn is to teach. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I, I know exactly. I mean, we get to, we're close enough where we get to walk into each other's facilities quite a bit. Like I'll tell all the listeners a story. We, we both have an in-body scale and our, we had a flood in our gym and our in-body got wet and our power cord shut off about two days before we started a fat loss challenge. And we were freaking out. And I called Kyle and I was like, Kyle, can I borrow your power cord for the in-body? And you saved our ass because we were able to weigh in, you know, 130 people. And if we didn't, we would I don't know what the hell we would have done. But, but that being said, every time I walked into Newell Strength, it, I learned something. You know, it's like, and I think that's so important to see what other people, even though, like I said, on paper, we're very similar. You guys do stuff a little bit different where I walked in and go, damn, that's a great idea. Damn, that's a great idea. It's such a powerful thing. So, so I, think, I think that's huge, man. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right. So, so talk, let's, let's see. Okay. So we, we went through your whole history, Newell strength talk about where Newell strength is right now. And also what, what do you do? Like, what the hell are you doing? So you're not training anybody, right? Are you just watching your kids? Are you, uh, uh, what are you doing? What do you, what does a day in the life of Kyle Newell look, look like now? Cause I think you're kind of, I think you're in a seat right now where a lot of people listening want to be where it's like, you have, you have mature business. You're not training as much. What is that? What does it look like? So where we're at right now, and I'll go, down, go over what my day looks like, is uh, this quarter, one of our rocks, our goals, is to pick out the third location, which will open next spring or September of 2020 over in PA, across the border. So that is, I'm putting some effort into that, just making sure the location's right, meet with certain people. And then the day-to-day, um, you know, like during the, when, when, it, when let's say it's not the summer, then I'll give you the summer. So not during... Uh, during the school year, Braxton goes to preschool three days a week, nine to one. Braxton's our older son. Uh, Devin, my wife, she resigned from teaching too, so now she works for the business full time. She have two retired. You have two retired people living in your house right now. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I would not trade our freedom for anything. Like the lifestyle we have. Yeah. And I know from talking with different people, yeah, yeah, people make a lot more money at this stage of their life but i know what i'm building and i know the freedom i have i can go outside and go for a walk i can go down to the river and play with the boys i want to i don't, don't want to cut you off but it, there, there's got to be some fear there's got to be some fear associated with that you you were teaching you were were you tenured as were you a tenured teacher were you close to your tenure i was close um right about- and, and, and Devin had to be have been tenured right so you have yeah. two people with these jobs and a lot of people get into the teaching profession there's a lot of security in that yeah. you, have, you have a pension you have great health care right it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good setup for you guys. And you've both left this very secure lifestyle 
to take on a, what, something that's really not that secure. So was there a lot of fear with, on both sides? So when I stopped with the, you know, when I resigned, it was, uh, you know, do I keep trying to go until I get the pension? It was a job I loved. I, I mean, I loved teaching those kids. And, um, but I always, something I always taught the kids at that point was, hey guys, if you want to do something in life, I would always go, you know, you got to go for it. If anybody tells you you can't do it, you can't do it. So to me, it was like, how, how am I going to not do this? After I, this is what I teach them. And I always knew in my head, like the lady told me at the mastermind, if I didn't, you never know what you can do until you take the safety net away. You know, you don't really focus in. And then it was reframing, right? I was like, if it didn't work, I'm not going to die. I'll figure, I'm resourceful. I'll figure something out. I'm not going to die. Like a lot of people, when they break down the fear, it's like, it's not actually death. You're not going to die if this doesn't work. I'll go work three jobs if I had to, you know, to make ends meet. And then when Devin, so we had our second son, uh, he's two now. She didn't go back the first year. And then last year, and we weren't, I wasn't quite ready for that yet. She's like, I don't think I want to go back. And I'm like, all right, we're not really ready for that. But I said, I'll make it work. We'll figure it out. And we did. I said, you're going to work for the, for the business. And she's been great in her role. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of fear with it, you know, but it, it keeps me pushing too. It, it, you know, it's that sense of urgency where I, I can't get complacent, you know, and I think about the family and I think about, you know, what I'm trying to do for our future. So yeah, there was a lot of fear, but again, the fear is just, that it's, an, it's not real. I tell people. It's just right. in your head. So, so where are you focusing your, your attention now as far as your education and the time that you're spending when you're not, you're not really in the gym at all. So as far as growing neural strength right now, how are you spending your, how are you spending your time? Where's your main focus? Main focus is still marketing and content. Uh, that is the main thing. Um, so I, I put out, try to put out content multiple times every week, you know, 10 times a week or something just on different stuff. I'm past. So I'm very passionate about like fasting. Right. So I get, that's still part of the fitness and I get to still learn and teach about that through video. So I'm, st I'm staying plugged into the stuff I'm passionate, my original passion, which was training and nutrition. So I stay plugged in with that. And then every day that I have a work day, I'm studying some type of marketing, you know, and I, I'm studying and then I'm trying to implement it. Um, and, you know, I don't have the way my schedule is now. Like if we look at when Braxton before school ended, I would have nine to one, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That was all the time I have to get my, my high focus work done each week. So you get very efficient. You have to be, right? Like when I stopped teaching, that was the biggest shock was now you have all this time. You think you're going to have eight hours a day to do work. It doesn't work out like that. You maybe have four. So i got to be very efficient. And, and I don't, to be honest with you, think I can do five high focus days a week because I've gotten very good, I think, at dialing in, but it's very draining when you work at that pace and you know, okay, boom, 20 minutes on, quick break, 20 minutes on, like the you know, Pollockman used to have us do. Work. So, yeah, that's where it's at. It's still the content and the marketing and then uh, guiding guiding the leaders within the business, our leadership team. Where, where do you see Newell's strength down the road? Five years from now, 10 years from now. We, you talked a lot about the vision. Which, yeah. what, can, you, can you share a little bit of that? I don't, wanna, I don't want you to divulge all your secrets, man, but like where – where, where is your, where, and your vision has obviously changed as you've gone on. Oh, yes. Where, what is your vision for Newell Strength right now? The vision at this point, once we decided to open the second one, I said, oh, we're not just opening two. Like, to me, that didn't make sense. It was like, we're going to do more. Uh, so the 10-year vision, I guess it's probably eight years now from this point, is to have eight to 10 of these places. So it, it, the third one's going to be big, not big size-wise, but that's going to be the model. Like we refined Hill, Hillsborough wasn't built with that in mind. Flemington is much more refined. Now going into location three, this is the model. We know how long it takes to scale to break even. 
So, so let, let me cut you off. So you, so that you have two locations right now and they're not the same no. that you're using different systems. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Talk about that. Yeah. The, this, the training systems, like all that's the same. Um, but Hillsboro was kind of just built as it was out of my passion. It's bigger at 6,000 square feet than what we need. Um, we still have individualized clients where they'll come in and do the binder, the workout we wrote for them. Um, so it, it just wasn't built with, with scaling in mind. Flemington, it's, it's pretty much small group, large group. You know, we have that in Hillsborough, but you still have some of the older clients in Hillsborough that got grandfathered in. And uh, yeah, so it, it's two different, the, the culture is the same. The coaching is the same. So those, main, those are the, the main things. Like, as long as that's the same, I'm okay. But I know Hillsborough, obviously, the overhead is much higher than what we're going to do going forward. Right. The nature of it, you know, the nature of it. And, uh, you know, that's what benefits are paid out of. So it's just different. I'm, I'm, not, I'm okay with that. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that's why the third one, that'll be the one. You know, that this is it. This is how we do it. This is the burn rate. This is what we know we need. And here's we know expenses are going to be capped here. And then that's what you're going, to, you're going to build the rest of them off of that, off of that third location. Yes. So we have that. And then another cool thing we're working on is one of my, my big rocks right now is uh, I've always wanted to do like the destination camps where people come in from out of state. And uh, I've got some really cool ideas for that. I've been doing a lot of market research. So that's kind of, I get to focus on like uh, bigger picture things like that, where, uh, you know, I'm creative and, and that's one of my strengths. So I can kind of run with the ideas and, and okay, here's what we're doing. Let, let's implement it now. That's awesome stuff, man. Where, Kyle, where can people find you? Where can people, you, you talk about producing all this content. I, I'm a big fan of all your videos. Where, how, how do people find you if they want to learn more about you or Newell Strength? Uh, so Newell Strength, I would say Facebook. I mean, we have blogs, we have our websites and all that, but I would say Facebook is the best place for either Newell Strength or uh, myself. I put a, you know, just shoot me a friend request on Facebook. I put all the content first on my personal page and then I just leverage it and put it everywhere else. But that's probably the best way to get in touch. If you have any questions, don't hesitate. Awesome, man. Kyle, man, I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. I, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, this was fun. Thanks for having me, Tom. You got it, brother. Take care. You too. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor and click subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Whatever you think about us, let us know. We want to make this show better. But by, by subscribing to the podcast, you get updated every time a new show comes out. And by leaving a review, you help us make this show better. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.